0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back. Believe it or not, this is our 27th episode of the podcast. And today, more than ever, I am so excited to be bringing to you who we're going to be interviewing. But before we do that, I want to just thank you all for coming each time we're putting one out for spreading the word, sharing it. I really appreciate that. And I know it's helping a lot of people. I get some very nice comments. So today... I am pleased to introduce to you Dr. Gary Krakoff, who is a registered pharmacist with a doctorate in naturopathic medicine, who provides an in-depth consultative service at Johnson Compounding and Wellness in Massachusetts. Gary's guiding philosophy is to treat the person as a whole, not to chase symptoms. He focuses on finding the why to what is happening physically and mentally and works with individuals to restore balance in the body. Gary frequently lectures at pharmacy, medical, and health-oriented conferences. He is an educator at the Academy of Integrative Medicine, conducting two-day seminars for healthcare professionals twice a year. Gary also serves on the faculty of the Center for Education and Development of Clinical Homeopathy. Please stay tuned after the interview for the post-show talk. Hi, Gary. Welcome. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today.
1: It's great to be here.
0: Uh, And, and, you know, you and I have been trying to do this for a long time, so it's finally here, so I want to – I have so many questions. So I think one of the first questions I want to ask you – Is Can you explain to me as a pharmacist how you got involved in more natural health care?
1: Sure. My parents had a pharmacy in Alston um, right before I was born. And so I grew up in independent pharmacy. And I love the retail side and I love helping people. And what I realized after I got out of pharmacy school was that with the pharmaceuticals, we were a lot of times keeping people alive, which is wonderful, but many times we were just putting a Band-Aid on the problem, and a lot of people weren't getting healthier or getting better. And then when, of course, my wife and I, we started a family, all of a sudden everything you knew that was perfectly fine and safe, you start really questioning your baby. And so I realized there's a lot of other modes of therapy or treatment or protocols that are very supportive of the body and help fix the underlying problem that's causing the issue. So that's when I started looking into homeopathy, homeopathy and naturopathic medicine and integrating that along with the pharmacy side. So, you know, we're sort of a left brain, right brain, but it really works out well, understanding both the mainstream pharmaceutical side and a more holistic approach. What can we do to help the body do what it's trying to do better? Or as what we're going to be talking about during part of this, what we can do if the pharmaceuticals change the way our body is working, how can we help get back the normal function?
0: Right, right. I mean, don't we wish everybody was like you? So I think one of the other things I want to ask before we get into all the questions, because we have so many listening that are sick and they want to know, can they ever get better? In your experience, can you tell me, have you ever, you know, in all these years, worked with somebody who was trying to withdraw from benzos and they did very well doing it, let's say, the, you know, doing what you tell them to do?
1: Yes, and before I fully answer that question, the main thing is... That if we can, we'd like to coordinate it with their prescribers, with their right. doctors, because that's the best therapy. When you get teamwork together and everyone is working together to get the patient feeling better. Right. So, yes, yeah, we've had very, very good results with the benzos or so getting people that are working with their practitioner to taper off, there's a lot of supportive measures that you can do depending upon what's going on with the person to help ease that transition off the benzos. And um, we've had very, very good success over the years. And now, it seems the information is getting out to the public. It it, it
0: works well when you're working together with the
1: doctor. It really works well when you're working together with the doctor, where everybody is working together, sharing information. That way support can go in to help with the GABA receptors and to get the body to start feeling better as with the practitioner, they're starting to decrease the dosage. And there's more and more information now, Get finally, thank goodness, getting out to the consumer and the medical profession, that the benzos aren't something that most people, if they've been on them for any length of time, can't just stop or cut the dose in half for a couple of weeks and then stop taking it, that there really is a physical reason and a mechanical reason why a lot of people have a real hard time getting off the benzos. And so one of the most important thing is we've had great great luck working with people who want to get off. And that's the first thing, just like somebody who wants to stop smoking, they have to want to stop smoking. If they don't, nobody's going to be able to help them. So for the people that want to get off the benzos and they're in a position where they can, there's a lot that can be done to ease that transition off the drugs.
0: Okay. So that was what I was going to ask you. Over the last 20 years, because I think we've been in touch for over 20 years now, have you seen a change in the prescribing of benzodiazepines? Now, granted with the pandemic, what are you seeing with that? So that's kind of like a twofold question.
1: Well, the the people I see over at the wellness center is a isn't the, just the average general population. So mm-hmm. a lot of people, when all this started with COVID and then with the um, upcoming election, or uh, the election we just had, and now with the counting of the ballots, who knows when we'll know what the outcome is, mm-hmm. a lot of people' stress and anxiety is going through the roof. The parents who are home with kids, um, not knowing how they're going to get their work done. That's real stressful, but what I find encouraging is people are calling up or getting in touch with us to find out what can I do to help me during these very stressful, anxious times. They're not running to the doctor for benzos.
0: Good because so, I am going to ask you later about what to what you would suggest. So
1: okay, um,
0: because we've got so many, you know, that aren't in our groups yet, but I know they're panicking. So I'll, I'll ask that a little bit later on. So okay, in all these years, we have so many different methods that people are using to taper, like dry cutting, compounding, liquid water titration, and of course, over in Europe, they have tapering strips. Can we talk a little bit about each one? What would you prefer? I know if I could do it over again, I always said I would do compounding, but I knew nothing, you know, twenty-something years ago.
1: Yeah. Depending upon the dose the person's on, if it's a high dose, it's very easy to get a, a mix of tablets that you can slowly decrease. The amount you're taking daily. But when you start getting down to the smaller amounts, like with lorazepam, if you are on one milligram to get it down to 0.9 milligrams, it's very hard with a razor blade to cut it. And so that's where the custom compounding comes in because the compounding pharmacies can make the dose whatever the person needs. And so you can really get down to extremely small changes in dosing. Same thing with the liquids. Um, so that's very important. What we try to do is if there's a way for the person to get the dose they need with a commercially available product, that saves them money. And now, especially nowadays, dollars are very important. And compounding is more expensive per milligram than buying a commercial generic product. But when it gets down to the point where they need to have it compounded, what the compounders do is they try to figure out um not every single dose change the person needs a new prescription so they might have you taking 3 capsules to get the dose you need today so a few weeks from now you can cut it down to 2 capsules and you don't have to get a new prescription oh, okay. and and also when you're buying when you're purchasing it the time once everything is weighed out to encapsulate it doesn't take that much time so for most medicines the more pieces you're buying, the more capsules you're buying at one time, the less expensive it is per capsule. So we try to find the ease for the patient and the dollar amount to get a good balance in there.
0: Is compounding ever covered under insurance, Gary?
1: There, yes and no. It was covered and not to get involved in politics, right. but with the... Um, With the change in our healthcare from, you know, eight years ago, uh, six years ago, at that point, the insurance companies then jumped in and said that anyone, I believe it's under 16, they'll pay for compounding, and above 16, the majority of the compounds aren't covered by most insurance companies. There are some that it is, but there's a real battle going on, and... You know, my personal opinion is that Big Pharma has a lot to do with it, but they're trying to cut way back on custom compounding. And one easy way is if insurance doesn't pay for it, that will eliminate it for a lot of people. And now Medicare for the elderly, which on a lot of drugs, it's very important to get the right dose and compound Medicare doesn't cover for um, any compounding anymore.
0: Wow. And what about liquid? So is that covered?
1: Uh, no, because that's no? still compounding. Oh. Now, if you can get a commercially available liquid, then it's covered. The downside of that is a lot of the commercially available liquid medicines have an awful lot of additives. And mm. so there's a lot of junk added that doesn't right. need to be in there.
0: So we have a lot of people doing water titration. There are all these YouTube videos, and they're doing it themselves. And I've seen people as they're tapering. In fact, I was going to say, we have some people that might start out with one taper, and then they're suffering, and then they switch to another. It's just easier. It's just trial and error. And so the water titration, they're doing at home, and they're all teaching each other how to do it. And I remember Professor Ashton, when she heard about it and was watching the YouTube, she, she actually liked that method for people.
1: The only caution, yes, I think it's fine. The only caution I would have is you want to make the smallest amount you possibly can mm-hmm. because a lot of the, the drugs or the, um, the molecules aren't as stable in water form are in liquid form. So Mm -hmm. you don't want someone making up a bottle that might last them a month or two. They're better off making smaller amounts. And then of course, each drop has a certain amount and you regulate by the drops. And that is a very valid way of doing it too. Just have to make sure everything you're using is clean because you don't want, there's no preservatives. So you don't want anything to start growing. And that's another reason you don't want to keep it around too long.
0: Right. I think the way they do it is they're, they're doing it daily. They make it fresh yeah. daily. Yeah. So are there certain brands that can have fillers in them that a person could be, you know, let's say, quote, allergic to? For instance, Lisa, who you're working with right now, um, there was something in her pill that was causing her to have a melt, metallic taste in her mouth that she had burning from her mouth all the way down to her bottom. And when she switched to a different brand, it went away. So she mentioned something that cross-providic cross and something else was this micro I don't know, micro, cellulose maybe
1: microcrystalline cellulose
0: yes yeah that yeah. if you're allergic to trees that you could have a problem with that particular brand so is that something we can address cuz maybe this could end some of the suffering that people have by checking in what are in their uh pills that they're getting
1: well, well one you it's hard it's not you have to work at a little finding out what the non-active ingredients are. And Mm -hmm. you can call your pharmacy that's filling your prescription. And if they don't have the information, they can get it from the manufacturer of all the other excipients that are added. Um, A lot of times there's lactose added to tablets or capsules. And a lot of people have a lactose problem. If your tablet isn't a either mottled looking or white if it has a pretty even color all through it odds are there are dyes added to it and a lot of people have problems with the dyes the microcrystalline cellulose most people don't have a problem but we're all different and it doesn't matter if most people are having a problem it's if you are having a problem Mm -hmm. and so there is a lot that can that can cause problems. Sometimes the problem is that they're tapering too fast, but many times the problem is the taper probably was okay, but they're having this reaction not due to a lower amount of the active ingredient, but due to one of the additives that are put in. But talk to your pharmacist because they can get the full list of everything that's in the tablet.
0: Right, because we're going to be interviewing Lisa, and she, when she started, uh, I think working with you, she was ninety six pounds. And yesterday, when I talked to her, she's up to one hundred and eighteen. She couldn't walk out of her apartment. She's now walking and, you know, doing all kinds of exercise, getting stronger. Um, so Doesn't there is that a difference. Just make you
1: smile and it be does. happy.
0: It does. She's off it of is, one Benzo and working on the second. And yeah. I think one of the best advice you gave her was stop tapering. She was too sick at Going the time when she fast. called you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, and, um, you know, it, and it really, there isn't one right way to do it. We're all, we got into that mess with the Benzos by all different roads and so there's different imbalances mentally phys- and physically that each of us have. So there isn't one solution for everyone or one Correct. good taper. And same same thing, sometimes and not often, somebody has been having so many withdrawal symptoms, we, we even suggest go back to your previous dose. They don't wanna go up that little bit, but you need to get the body strong to deal with the next level
0: right
1: and now other things that factor in it's not all just the benzos because the benzos cause a lot of problems but if someone's digestion or elimination is off and their sleep is off it's very hard for the body to heal so right. we have to you have to work on the whole person not just that one thing
0: right so even between generics, so every time somebody picks up a pres- prescription, should they make sure it's the same generic brand? Because we know sometimes when people have gone and all of a sudden they're given a different brand, it's as if it isn't working anymore. So yeah. can there be a variation in the degree of benzo that's in the same? It could each be five milligrams or, you know, or half a milligram or whatever. Should they yeah. check every single time?
1: Well- on drugs there's a little variation that's allowed by the fda for how much is in the tablet and the the real problem is between different brands of generic they can use different excipients so that could in different people brand a and brand b could give different blood levels and so and then then that's a very individual thing you and i may not have a problem with brand a but the next person may not absorb it well.
0: right?
1: And so if you can stay with the same brand, um, that's great. Now with the generics, the prices are going, the costs are going all over the wall, all, all over the board. And so what happens a lot of times the pharmacies, if it was, let's say $100 a bottle, and all of a sudden that generic brand went up to $140 a bottle, they would switch to one that's still at $100. Wow. But the person, if, you've, if they've ch- had brands or generic companies change and they've noticed a definite change, they can do a little pushback and say, I only want the generic from company XYZ. And as long as that's on the market, they should be able to order it in for them.
0: See, and that's something I, I wouldn't have thought of years ago. Now, granted, I could not take a generic of Ativan years ago. It was as if I wasn't taking anything. So mm. my doctor always had to write no substitution on it. So I think people need to be aware, know the, the manufacturer of each brand that you have, and make sure you're staying with that brand. If that's working for you, and if it isn't, right, they should talk to their pharmacist. What are the inner ingredients that are in it, correct? correct. Is best? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so we know, you know, all medications, you know, um, can wipe out certain nutrients in the body. So specifically, do you know anything that benzos are known to wipe out? And and then how can we get them back in via, let's say, diet first and then supplementation? Or is that too individualized?
1: Well, it's individualized because then we also have, are they constipated? Because if you're constipated, you're not absorbing anything well. Um, how's their digestion if they're super stressed the blood flow goes away from the digestive tract because you're in fight or flight so even if you're eating perfectly you're not absorbing all the nutrients so i would say it's not so much that there's specific nutrients that the benzos will deplete people who are on benzos are trying to get off them and are very very stressed and not sleeping well they're probably not eating well so i think it's a a broader picture and that's where knowing what what medicines the person's on what their diet is like how their sleep is what their digestion is a lot of people who are stressed are also on some of the acid blockers and the acid blockers really mess up digestion. So even if you're taking supplements or eating well, you're not getting a lot of the nutrients absorbed. So I think if somebody is stressed, if they're on benzos, they're trying to get off them, just some basic things, a good probiotic that helps with digestion and elimination and the immune system. Taking a well-formulated multiple vitamin, not mega dose, but something that, It's in the active the nutrients are in the active form, that it's a well-balanced multiple vitamin. That'll just fill in the holes of what they might be missing from their diet. Um even more important is getting digestion and bowels working, but make sure that you're eating well. If you're eating the standard American diet, or a lot of fast foods, or a lot of foods that have a lot of chemicals in them, that's overloading the system and it's going to be harder to process the benzos and get you healthier. So an analogy I like to use is your car. If you have to go on a long ride and all you're interested in is the needle being on full for the gas gauge, then fill it up with water from your garden hose. It's a lot easier and less expensive, but you'll ruin your engine. The same thing with the food. You don't want to just eat a volume of food so the stomach feels full, it has to be the right fuel. And if you're detoxing from benzos or any drug, your body needs all the nutrients it can get to help you along.
0: Right, so talking about getting the nutrients in, because there was a time I was eating meticulously and I you know, was trying to exercise and I was still very sick and it wasn't until I did work with a functional medicine doctor and I found out my deficiencies And Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride, in her book, The Gut and Psychological Syndrome, she talks about drugs that harm the gut. So I did have leaky gut. I also had poor um, liver function, not by blood, you know, but by the tests that show my phase one was good, but my phase two wasn't. So again, we've got people all over. They can't always get to somebody. Um, Once I, and I was like Lisa, I was down to 97 pounds. Didn't matter what I ate. I felt like I was going to die. And healing that gut. If five years off. I'm five years off and I'm still very sick. And there was the first change in getting my health yeah. back. So what can people do for leaky gut or, or even for the liver? I know everything has to be gentle and most are petrified of supplements.
1: Yeah. Um, well, and that's where it's important. The internet is wonderful. There's so many good groups out there and there's so much good information. There's also a lot of bad information. Mm-hmm. And So and also, what worked for you or the protocol that worked or that's working for Lisa may not work for the next two people, right? Because your protocol and her protocol were totally different. Right. So one there's, there's some wonderful herbs and nutrients that are and homeopathics that are very very helpful for the liver giving liver support. It helps the liver do its job. You don't want to be doing a liver flush. There's a lot of flushes. That's basically you're wringing out the liver. And that's the last thing detoxing should do. But dandelion, artichoke, milk thistle, those are all in the right blend. And you're better off doing a blend of them. They work together. They help with the body do phase one, phase two at the speed the body can handle. It doesn't force it. It also helps you make better bile. And we need bile for digestion besides detoxing. So things like that. There's some wonderful homeopathics. There's one we use very, very often called GBLV, um, stands for gallbladder liver. And it's just a, a blend of homeopathics that very gently, energetically support the liver and gallbladder to do the, be able to do their job more efficiently.
0: Gary, what if somebody had their gallbladder removed? Because we've had quite a few in the groups, and whether they were sick from benzos, that their gallbladder are gone, could they still use that uh, gallbladder liver? Yes,
1: they can because you're still making bile. But the people who have the gallbladder removed, that's a whole nother talk for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If your gallbladder is removed then you need to be taking, with every meal, the majority of people, a good digestive enzyme that has bile in it. Because we need the bile to absorb, to break down and utilize the fatty vitamins and break down the fats. And if you don't break down the fats, they start oxidizing and going rancid in the bowel. Okay. And fats, the healthy fats, for energy at the cellular level, you get more energy out of a healthy fat than you do out of protein or carbs. So the people whose gallbladder is out, it's very they definitely would have some degree of leaky gut because the bowel can't function well without the full amount of bile.
0: Okay. That's that's good information. So one of the things I want to ask with supplementation, because there is somebody that would walk into you know a regular drugstore and just pick up any brand But I think even with supplements, you have to have good quality ones. What would you say to somebody when they're looking for good quality supplements? And again, um, you know, at the end of the show, we'll talk about you um, and working with you. But it's, I think, can be a waste of money to just walk in and buy anything, correct?
1: Correct. And legally, for something to be labeled, they just have to be able to document that that nutrient is in the tablet or the capsule, but it doesn't mean the tablet is going to dissolve and the body's going to absorb it. It could, just like with the prescriptions, it can have a lot of junk added to it, a lot of excipients. So good quality is more expensive than junk, but a good quality nutrient a vitamin or herbal product doesn't have to be very expensive. If it's, You have two products that can be a reasonably priced one and a very expensive one, and they both can work just as well. So don't just go by dollar amount. But dollars are important because everyone has only so many dollars that they can afford to spend. So what I like to tell people, whether they come to me or they go somewhere else, depending (coughs) on where they live, most important thing is knowing who you're buying it from. Because it's very hard for the consumer to know all the different brands. But if the, the place you're buying your products from, is really deeply vested in your health and they only carry products that they can prove are quality products. One way is uh, the, the companies that we carry and most quality um, wellness centers carry not only Are they clinically based? There's studies behind blends, but they also send their product out to independent labs after it's manufactured to make sure everything that was supposed to be in there is in there in the right amounts. Whereas sometimes, if you go to a big box store, it's a much better price per tablet. But if it isn't working, even if it's only $2 a the whole bottle, that's very expensive if you're taking something that isn't working.
0: Right, right. So there are a lot of people that listen to this that are in protracted withdrawal. Like, I, again, myself, it took five years before I finally you know was trying to do it on my own, and, and I wasn't getting better. And I never feel like anybody is stuck sick for the rest of their lives. So what would you say to somebody who's three years off, five years off, um you know there's a possibility they can still heal that something's gone wrong from taking the pills right that that has to be yeah. fixed
1: now my mentor 30 years ago that got me involved in a more naturopathic viewpoint said he has found and he feels and has been proven to me time and time again every single person can feel better than they are today whether you're healthy or whether you're um in hospice that you can always feel better than you are and a lot of people who are doing the taper and who have been hooked on medication for years it takes a long time as you know and it's very grinding it really grinds you down but we're learning so much more there's so many things that can be done now that we didn't even think about a couple years ago to aid in the detoxing and to aid in the withdrawal. Just simple things. We now know that the benzos, they act on the GABA receptor, which is our ultimate break, the ultimate calming receptor. That's why they're so effective for stress and anxiety. The problem is they slightly change the GABA receptors. So then the GABA your body makes doesn't work as well so as you're getting off your body even if it's trying to keep calm in the system those receptors were corrupted and that's why the taper very slow taper works because as you're getting the dose of the drug down you eventually don't have enough molecules to attach to every single GABA receptor and the GABA receptors are constantly getting renewed in the body so if you can taper down eventually you don't have enough molecules of one of the benzos to corrupt that new GABA receptor and if we give the body some support while you're doing this you don't have that all or nothing you know you either have enough benzo or you're terrible there are other things we can do to help sensitize the GABA receptors and to help stimulate them that doesn't damage the receptors like the benzos do
0: okay so I want to talk about one symptom in particular. I did not have it, which is akathisia. And we've had people, I mean, they just wonder, is that ever going to go away? Is there anything in particular that would help with
1: akathisia? Well, again, that really depends upon the the person and what's going on. Okay. But yes, and that, that again is part of as they're coming down on the drug, you're sort of kicking the feet out from underneath them. If Mm -hmm. there's nothing going in there to support that system, the neurotransmitters can't do their function or balance properly. And we have excitatory and calming neurotransmitters. So all of a sudden, if you take away some of the calming or the ability of that to work, the excitatory shoot way up. It's like driving a car with a foot on the gas and the brake at the same time. If you take your foot off the brake, you go flying forward. So the fidgety, the rocking, the clicking a pen or having to, you know, sometimes you're sitting on a couch with someone and Mm -hmm. legs bouncing and everybody on the couch is vibrating Mm -hmm. from bouncing. There are a lot of things that can be done to support the system. I wish I could say, take this and that's great for it. But it's so individual, and that's what makes it hard because we're used to, give me a symptom, I have a drug for it for 90% of the people. But on this, it can be coming from so many different ways. Magnesium is very, very good, and most people are low on magnesium, and that's calming to the brain and to the muscles, Um, staying hydrated, very, very good. Another thing, if someone is having that internal restlessness. If they get out and move, that burns off some of the excitatory neurotransmitters. It doesn't fix the problem, but it can lower the level and make the symptoms less. So constantly, you know, not constantly, but on a regular basis, getting up and a brisk walk or going up and down the stairs is very, very good. The deep breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. Mm -hmm. Very, very good at raising the calming side of our nervous system and cooling off the excitatory side.
0: Right. So, one of the things um, I want to talk about two things, and that's one um, that cause setbacks. One can be stress, which um, I know when my husband was sick, I made sure I was taking stuff to stay on top, so I didn't have a breakdown as I'm rushing to Dana Faba every day and everything that was happening. The other one is antibiotic setbacks. We've had. People that were recovered for years and they take an antibiotic, one pill, a week worth of pills, and, and of antibiotics, and they're sick again. So, is it that it's kind of blew up their, you know, their inner microbiome? Are what is the effect? We know what fluoroquinolones do, um, right? Um, But what is like Flagyl? So we recently had somebody that took Flagyl, somebody else that took one Suprax. And even myself a couple of years ago, I had taken the z pack once, didn't have a problem. Second time, I thought the crazy train was pulling up to get me. And I took Floristore and it turned it around.
1: Okay. So the z pack any erythromycin-based antibiotic, most people say it's terrible because it gives me diarrhea or it really does. The erythromycin based, the macrolid-based antibiotics are the side effects of because they're so effective. They can destroy 80 and 90 percent of the good bacteria in the bowel within the first 24 hours. So you're right, and you're right on the money. The biggest issue with antibiotics, it's not so much the chemical is causing a problem in the brain. It's that you're disrupt, you're killing the bad organisms, which is good, but you're really disrupting the microbiome and life begins and ends in our bowels. Mm-hmm. And if we're not digesting and eliminating and having a tight lining on the gut, nothing can work well. So the Saccharomyces, the store Saccharomyces boulardii, it's a beneficial yeast that helps keep the environment in the bowel the way a good bacteria like and makes it harder for the bad bacteria. So a lot of people with that take something for a candida infection that kills back the candida, but the big issue is what was out of balance that allowed the candida to grow and fix the imbalance so the Saccharomyces is very good. Anyone taking any antibiotic, they should take some Saccharomyces twice a day. And they also should take a well-formulated probiotic at least two hours after the morning and evening dose of antibiotics. And that way, you're killing the bacteria, the good bacteria, you're putting them back in. You kill them again with the next dose, you put them back in. And that can usually keep you ahead of that whole game. But the important thing is it has to be at least two hours after the antibiotic or the antibiotic will kill the probiotic.
0: Right. What would you suggest? I mean, I knew about um, the Saccharomyces boulardii. And actually, when that happened to me with the z pack I had, I don't even remember what probiotic in the house, and it didn't help. I'm crying. I'm thinking I'm nuts again. And I'm up during the night Googling when I see somebody say, doesn't matter what, you need to take the Saccharomyces boulardii. And I'm like, I have some in the house. And I ran downstairs and I took some, took some the next morning. By my third dose, I was fully back in my head. So, what would you suggest
1: for another type? Well, Saccharomyces is such a wonderful organism. It Um, is. And it's normalizing. It's not out there killing. It's just, you know, very, very tonic for the body. Mm -hmm. What I would recommend is with probiotics now, a lot of the companies are going crazy. And there are more and more billion, and there's a fight to see who can have the most hundreds of billions of organisms per dose. Think of it as grass in the lawn. You just need to overseed. Sometimes we need those real high numbers, but it's more important to use a live bacteria, live culture that has 15 to 20 different organisms and maybe 8 to 20 billion combined and take when you're on probiotics. you don't need the mega mega doses Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of real good ones out there there are some non-refrigerated ones that are very effective but a good portion of the non-refrigerated ones by the time you get them home after they've been in transit and on the shelf there aren't many viable organisms live organisms left so you're better off getting one of the one out of the refrigerator
0: okay all right. So I'm, I'm going to ask a question that I think is going to upset some people, but we do have people that were on multiple, multiple medications and they were yanked off. And, you know, they're good all these years later, as far as their diet and exercise, but that was such an assault to them. They're still sick. And, and one person asked, actually two asked if they got to a point where they wanted to take a medication because they feel like they still didn't get their brain back. Is there anything out there that they would be considered safe? I mean, I don't even know. if I mean, this is a tough question, but and not that either they'll take it, but they were like, is there something that could help?
1: Well, I, I think you have to, it's a, again, uh, I sound like a broken record, a person right. to person thing. If they're, uncom- I'm assuming these people are at a point where, daily function isn't working well, that they definitely need some support. And at that point, they're depending upon the person and what's out of balance, a low drug pharmaceutical. I'm I'm a pharmacist and I'm a holistic practitioner. And I don't like use pharmaceuticals being used except when they're needed. And then mm-hmm. I thank we have them. So the problem is that a lot of times we just throw a a pharmaceutical at someone, if it isn't working, double the dose, double the dose, and then add this one on top of it. A lot of times, there's a lot of things um, that can be done to increase the neurotransmitters that are low, that don't involve pharmaceuticals. An example, dopamine is one of the neurotransmitters and dopamine is when you do something you enjoy, you get a dopamine rush. And that's why we feel good. So a lot of people who become addicted to something, it's because that's giving them a squirt of dopamine and their dopamine was very low to begin with. So that's the only time they feel normal is when they can force themselves to have their dopamine come up to the normal range. There's an herb, macuna, macuna that can help raise the body's dopamine. Now, was that the answer for everyone? No, No, but in people, if that's the reason they're not feeling well, there's an herbal solution or something that can help them through that bad moment. So again, Sometimes the drugs are the right thing, but a lot of times it's just a Band-Aid, and you're not addressing the underlying problem.
0: Right, and so probably similar to me, I waited five years doing everything I thought was right, and I needed intervention with a functional medicine doctor. That was my answer, I, and I didn't need a drug, even though there were times I thought, I can't do this anymore, and once we saw the test and that I had leaky gut, candida, malabsorption, there was the answer, you know, and then, then we dealt with the the liver later on.
1: And I, I throw in for all the, all your listeners who are on menzos and having a hard time and have been stressed, I can almost guarantee their digestive system isn't working as well as they need it to. So if they're debating I don't know if I can taper now or if I can even deal with this. Get together with somebody and start working on your digestive tract. If you start digesting and eliminating better, not taking a lactative so you're having a bowel movement twice a day, but Mm -hmm. having the gut function better, you're going to absorb nutrients better. And our body, that's what we make all our neurotransmitters from, from the food's And so if you're not absorbing that well, how can you be making the appropriate neurotransmitters?
0: Right. So for the rest of our lives, we, I mean, I hope I can avoid ever taking a medication again. But what, and I don't know if you can answer this offhand, what medications hit the GABA receptors? Because people are, you see them on the groups. Can I take this? Will this hit the GABA receptor? Can this cause me harm? And Is there anything offhand? And here's the other thing: I know a lot of people are being put on gabapentin and lyrica to help with their benzo symptoms, and it's like, oh, you know.
1: Well, and like I would say, the gabapentin and lyrica than a higher dose of benzos, but you're almost you're replacing one problem with another problem. Right now, are those drugs sometimes very helpful while somebody is? tapering and really doing the work, yes, in some instances, that could be a good, a very good therapy. But just to have that be, oh, well, if you want to taper down, we'll put this one in so you won't have side effects during the taper. That's, in my mind, not good medicine for most people. Now, again, even on the holistic side, there's a amino acid L-theanine, that helps sensitize or resensitize the GABA receptors. And most people, it's very, very calming and doesn't sedate you. So that's something that we use often, but it's not for everyone. And we're finding now that they've mapped the genome, I'm doing a lot of work on the genetic side too, there are some people that genetically, when they take L-theanine, It overstimulates. Now it's a small percentage, but most people L-theanine is very common and it's very helpful and non-habit forming. But again, just like with pharmaceuticals, it isn't good for everybody because we're all different
0: right well you know one of the biggest problem people have is like they can't sleep what can i take to sleep 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 they drive themselves crazy with sleep i once went two weeks with not even a minute of sleep oh. and i know this is again you can't answer for everybody but if somebody contacted you for sleep let's say okay um and because the L-theanine, i do know a lot of people use that for anxiety and um what would you suggest for
1: just to, oh, that's well, as one, natural
0: as possible
1: we have to know what pharmaceuticals they're on because the last thing you want to do is take something that could interfere or Mm -hmm. cause a problem. But there's been some wonderful studies on enteric-coated lavender oil. And there's a brand name, um, Lavella. And lavender, if you take it orally, the stomach acids destroy it. But if it's enteric-coated, Lavella, they did a lot of clinical studies for people who had high stress and anxiety, even up to panic attacks. And it's very calming. It can bring you down to baseline. And it doesn't do it by forcing the body down. If you need to be revved up, you can get revved up. But if we can get more calm in the system, it's a lot easier to sleep. Because if you're too revved during the day, you're in daytime mode in the middle of the night. You're not going to sleep. So right. Lavella, I know I sent,
0: um, yeah, I sent my neighbor's son to you, and you had actually recommended the Lavella and a homeopathic remedy, the Ignatia Amara, which yeah. I have to say, it seems to be out of stock everywhere with the pandemic going on. You can't even find it. Yeah. Um, and he had a good turnaround.
1: Yep, because that was the right thing for him. Now, Ignatia is a grief remedy. It's also an anxiety remedy. And But there's homeopathically, there's a whole bunch of remedies that are used for anxiety or major sleep problems. But that was the right one for him. So the Lavelle is very good. There's some blends, you know, depending one of the questions I ask people, do you have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep? And because there's different products that can be used for either one of those. Some people have a racing mind. They can maybe get to sleep, but the minute they wake up, their mind is on and they're busy running through everything. Mm-hmm. There's a remedy, a homeopathic remedy, Cafea Cruda. It's made, believe it or not, from the coffee bean, and that's for the racing mind. And if you think about it, um, the symptoms you would have if you had way too much caffeine—that mm-hmm. racing feeling, can't sit still—that's what the homeopathic remedy, cafe, cruda works on those symptoms. So that's good. There's a product called Cortisol Manager that you take a little bit before bedtime. That's for people who are a little too revved up in the evening, and so they can't calm down and fall asleep. That's for the people, very helpful a lot of times for people who have trouble falling asleep, but once they get to sleep, they're okay. Um, we run to a lot of people that go to sleep fine, but they're up from two to five every day. There's um a couple of products out there that work on that time of the evening. So there is a lot out there. You don't always have to go to the pharmaceuticals for these right. types of issues.
0: Excellent information. So if somebody came to you right now and they wanted to taper, like I always say to people, you don't just get up and go run a marathon. You you I, I say get your body ready, you have to prepare, take a few months to get healthy. So what would you suggest and say to them right now? See, I would tell them to go work with you or or any functional medicine doctor first. You know, you don't just take that sick body and start tapering.
1: Correct, because if the body can't deal with where you are now. And tapering off the benzo is a lot of work for the body and the mind. So if you have, if you're treading water right up to your nose now, and then you put that added stress on, you're really setting yourself up for failure. And right. you want to set yourself up for success. So I agree with what you said. They should get in touch with a um, functional person, somebody who understands the body and the mind, and figure out where your body is struggling what systems aren't working well and get those going and then that'll make the tapering so much easier on the person and their body and it'll probably be a little quicker but much less disruptive of their whole life
0: right right so gary before we go because i i know we're limited with your time and i really really appreciate this if people wanted to reach out to you, um, because I, I don't want you to get inundated, is it okay for people to reach out to you?
1: Absolutely. That's what we're there for. And right, it, they can reach out. They can call the store, And right now I'm working remotely, but they can leave a message. I check my messages all day. They can email me at gary at com, And there's no problem... Um, I, I wish there weren't that many people out there that we might get inundated, but we're not maxed out. The wait times aren't six months down the road. We, If somebody is really in, in a crisis mode or really at a point where they need some help, it's the wait time sometimes is a day or two to, you know, to talk to someone. Right, but that's great. But please get in touch with us. Also, we pride ourselves in knowing we don't know everything and that's something that's very very important sometimes there's another type of therapy or uh, a a protocol that somebody else does better than I do and we have no problem at the wellness center if something else would be the right therapy for you that's our job to get you in touch with those practitioners and that cements the relationship because I guess one thing I can, I'd like to get out there. My dad told me years ago, if somebody feels they know everything, run. <laughs> I, like knows that. Everything. And I like that. And yeah. And if I, if you came to me and I told you, you know what? I'll be glad to work with you. But right now, this is what you need. And I sent you somewhere else. I'm not losing you as a, as a future client, that's going to cement the relationship because you know, I'm there for you. And that's how your practitioner should be. They should be there for you.
0: Yeah. Actually, I remember when my husband got diagnosed with the two cancers and I called you, you sent me right to somebody. You said, if I had cancer, this is who I would go to. And we did, we went to him and my husband's still here. So well, mind glad. you, he has slipped up very much so on his diet and what he should be doing, but we did not think he would make it. And he's well, still here back over
1: because the <laughs> diet is the most important thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. I tell him all the time. Um, but you know what the sad part was when he, um, went into Dana-Farber, they feed you nothing but junk. And he was amazing in the hospital,
1: a lot of the hospitals, how lousy the food is. And these are critically ill people. So food is even more important.
0: And I wasn't allowed to bring food in. I asked if I could bring all of his meals in and they said they used to, and they no longer allowed it. But, um, so, but that was, that was great. You did recommend him and that was amazing. Um, and actually just so people know there was a special test that was done and the chemo that joe received for the leukemia was the um was the one that the test the greek test said he should have now we didn't tell the doctors it just so happened he never got sick from the chemo yeah so it was it was amazing all right gary is there anything else you'd like to add to tell people to encourage them
1: yeah just it's very very hard and Most people who are trying to get off benzos, they're so ground down because this isn't something that just started a month ago. They had a problem way, way back, which is why they went on the benzos to begin with. So their grinding down has been going on for a long time. It took a long time to get where you are. And don't be in a rush because slow and steady always gets you to the end point much faster. You don't have to and stop. Get a good team together with you. You need the support of people in your life and at home. You also need the support of your doctor, the MD, and also the person who's helping you on the other side of the fence. And when you can put together good support, there's always a way to get out of the hole that you're in. So just deep breaths and one baby step at a time will get you there very much faster.
0: Good. And and Gary, the, we've had a lot that were cold turkey and, you know, people think when they're cold turkey, they can never recover. And honestly, I've seen some that were cold turkey that did what they had to do to get better. And, and, and then some that microtaped it and, did not want to eat one. They just, well, they were too sick to eat, right? So there's a possibility for anyone and everyone healing. We got
1: to get to the root of it, correct? Absolutely. And everyone's body is in different shapes. Some people can be uncomfortable and go cold turkey, and it doesn't do them physical harm. Other people going cold turkey could do a lot of damage. Right. You know, it's not that you're strong or you're weak. Or you have the desire, or I don't have the desire. It's where you and your body and your mind are at that time, and there's nothing, there's no right or wrong to that. It's where you are and who you are, and finding the right path to getting healthy.
0: Right, right, Carrie. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you finally taking. This has taking-
1: been wonderful. I've <laughs> wonderful, enjoyed
0: wonderful. It All right. Well, thank you again.
1: You're welcome, and have a great day. You
0: too. Bye. Bye. So right now we're doing our post-show talk, and for once we're doing it a day after we actually interviewed uh, Dr. Gary Krakoff, who was just amazing. And the reason we had to do that is because Garrett squeezed me in yesterday to get the interview done because he had work uh, before the show and he had to get right out to go to work. So we're just finishing up today. So, Garrett, I really do appreciate you getting that done yesterday.
2: No problem. But, it, I mean, it goes to show, like, how difficult it is to schedule some of these interviews because, with Gary, how long was it that, that you were trying to get him on? Two
0: years. Two, two years. Yeah. We we actually scheduled it for two years ago. And then dad, you know, we found out dad was sick. And then we all podcasts stopped for a year. And then when we came back to doing them again, we had it scheduled, and I had a really bad cold, and I just couldn't talk. So we oh, thought, yeah. yeah so yeah. we're like, all right, let's let's postpone again. And then <laughs> we were doing some other podcasts, and then um, I think that we scheduled, we had to cancel that again, and COVID happened, and COVID, Gary yeah. became very very busy. So since March, have not he's been inundated, and then we set it up for last Monday, and then um, you have. <laughs> You had to go
2: into the state house. So yeah, we almost had to cancel this one too. And
0: then we almost had to cancel this one. So it 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 happened and, and actually
2: In fact the, had you not texted me
0: to remind 15 you fifteen minutes
2: before <laughs> I just wasn't showing up for it.
0: Yeah. And um you know the thing is I'm actually kinda glad that it, it waited two years because COVID has happened and he's gonna give a he, he gave a lot of really good advice for just people with anxiety and sleep problems prior to taking a benzo. So.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, for our the podcast, you know, linearly it's in a good place too cuz I think we talked before about like we looked at these last three episodes as like uh, a series. So mm-hmm. with Bob Whitaker and then Dr. Stephen Wright and then with with Gary Krakoff, they're all I, it's meant to be listened to sequentially. Yeah. And you can listen to them in any order you want, but right. I think I would go, you know, 25, 26, 27. And it kind of gives you a full, you know, spectrum look at right. what's going on with the situation. Like Bob kind of gives you, like, here's how we got to the situation in America with everything. Mm-hmm. And then with Stephen and Gary, it's here's best practices and here's how to fix yourself or how, how to slowly make yourself better. Yeah. I think that line that Gary uses, you can always feel a little bit better, even if you're fully healthy or you're you know, hospice, Yeah, I like. there that. are things that you can do. Right. And, and I think what was important
0: with Gary, because we have a lot of people who think they're never going to get better, and yet um, Cindy Samora, who we interviewed, she put something up on Facebook the other day showing somebody out, um, what do you call it, when you're gliding on the— um, Wind surfing? Wind surfing, who never thought they'd get better. So you can always get better. And he gave that hope for anybody that you got to look at what could be wrong inside.
2: In fact, and, he's helping me get better. Well, yes, yeah, so we, we I, want to let people,
0: I want to let people know that I knew as soon as he started talking about, you know, the gallbladder liver. And then I mentioned when people don't have a gallbladder and he was saying stuff, I could look at you and I, I could see. And I knew I would ask him a question. And the minute we went off, Mike, you were like, Gary, can I selfishly ask you a question? Yeah. And he's, you know, shipping uh, some stuff to help you because yeah. you've had your gallbladder
2: out, you and your sister. that I don't think Leanna's had much of a problem with it but on and off I have digestive issues since I've had my gallbladder out and I've gone to your my PCP a number of times they they have no problem giving me a medication they don't help mm-hmm. and you know the truth is you know talking to Gary for just five minutes he knew what was going on. He got every every symptom that you're having. He knew, every knew exactly everything that you're having. And so I'm hopeful, you know, in the next day or two it's gonna show up in the mail and I hope it arrives today. I mean he took the information and And I mean... other than that I'm completely healthy and it's just that uh I don't know, it's it it's frustrating when you have something wrong with you and nobody can help you. Right. And then it's like this feeling of relief when somebody is like oh no I know what's going on with you and here's how to fix it so that was it was a great interview for me at least it was a great interview (laughs) for
0: you I could see the excitement but you know one of the things is and I want everyone to know we only had a certain amount of time with Gary because he is very very busy and I still had so many questions and I'm trying to jump around and see what I could get in and I'm watching the time and you know we say we're going to have people back and, and Gary even said during the interview we could go on for two hours and honestly I'm hoping we can get Gary back because I'm sure a lot of people might send me some questions now. Um, there's just so many questions that I still had even that I didn't have written down that we couldn't get to so it was um, well worth the wait of the two years it was, to get so... him on and I, I hope people will with just some of the information he was able to give because it is very individualistic he can't give like a one-size-fits-all um but he is a man with a heart he has the knowledge and um he knows what he's talking about
2: i think it's it's nice even to ask him like brands that he like because it's hard because when you are just buying over-the-counter things sometimes it's like well there are a lot of companies that put out Different vitamins or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you can't trust every brand though because some of them are very watered down. So to talk to somebody like that who's an expert and could say, "Well, this is a trusted brand. You can be assured that you're getting you know the best right. version of whatever you're trying to take with right. this." Is, amazingly helpful
0: yeah and, and you know one of the things I asked him prior to the show is you know when people hear this you might get inundated with phone calls should we you know and he said no no I'm, I'm here if people you know want to I, I don't know what he, he charges people can you know email him or contact um, where he works um, yeah and I think that- we'll put a link right we'll put a link to um, the pharmacy
2: yeah, the pharmacy, or we, we mentioned his email. He
0: mentioned uh, his email, but at the, and I think link to the um, pharmacy because you can get to, to Gary from there.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so if anybody does have certain questions that if you want us to do another show and if we we can get them back and not wait two years, um, you know, we will do that because I still had probably at least seven more questions that I wanted to ask them that were really, really good with certain things, and, you know, time was our... Was our enemy yesterday? Yes,
2: I think we should probably encourage people that you know if they do, they were listening to the interview and they have questions that they want you to ask next time around. Right? You know, feel free to contact. Yeah, and...
0: even just you know if, if there's something you want to do a, a particular show, let us know. Um, you know when we put it up on YouTube, you can send me a question that way. Um, I know we had we set up a. Uh, it definitely a...
2: helps us, uh, you know, get out there more when you comment on videos or on the podcast. Yeah. So. Yeah, and we—that'd that, be great too. Yeah,
0: we really appreciate you spreading it, you know, sharing it, putting it on different uh, sites. And um, the main reason these last three I thought were important is that they are three that you know maybe somebody doesn't want to listen to a survivor because well, if your family thinks we're all crazy because well, you know, there was a time I'm sure you know some of my friends or family didn't believe it, but then you get better and then they know. But these last three are important for anybody to have their family members listen to it and go, wow, here are three professionals, three experts in their fields, and listen to what they're saying. What we go through is real. And I like what Gary said. You know, each symptom, whether it's different, even Steve said it in his, it can be something different that nobody else had. That doesn't discount it. That That is real. We've had some odd symptoms happen with people, and they go away.
2: So, Yeah, and... uh so I think we should probably mention, you know, when we're recording this podcast that because given the stress that's been going on over the past year with the presidential election, I think people in America have been under even more stress with right. what's going oh, on. Oh, yeah. But, I've
0: I've gotten some texts from people saying, you know, their anxiety is up. I'm like, don't watch it.
2: But as of this morning, Joe Biden has been named the 46th president of the United States. So president-elect Biden.
0: But now, you know, you see that comes the recounts and all of that. So people should just stay calm. First of all, we're dealing with benzo people. Stay calm because your health is more important than anything right now. I'm a big believer in, you know, because back when I was very sick, I could have cared less what was going on. I had to protect my health at all costs because little things can upset you. Yeah,
2: I think that's kind of my point. It's, you know, let's put that all behind us now and return to civility and, you know, public discourse and actually having a real conversation in America and not having somebody tweet out, you know, hateful things over Twitter on a nightly basis, but...
0: So you know, I mean, we, there are some that are Trump people, some that are Biden people, but anybody listens to these, they are Benzer people, and they need to be protected at all cost. All right. Well, again, I think great podcast that was well worth the wait. and I want to thank everybody for listening.
2: Thank you.